And I was always just kind of just happy just to keep going without planning, without, you know, I just wanted to have, do fun stuff, go traveling, go holidays, go to festivals, do all these things. And then didn't really want to be, didn't want to commit. Yeah. Because, because at some level I didn't trust myself. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast today, all the way from Edinburgh. We've got Gary Young. Uh, we met a couple months ago, I guess, when I came up to Edinburgh to do a, a talk. I did a keynote at um, a big sort of an insurance company, uh, a conference, and Gary was there in the back and we got to chat a little bit. And then we've chatted since then because he's in the well-being space. So you're the founder of the Mindful Enterprise. Have I got that right? That's right. Yep. You've got it yep. right. Yeah, so, so welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about the Mindful Enterprise and, and just what are you passionate about in, in life and work? Okay, so um, the Mindful Enterprise was, a, well, it is a social enterprise that I um, founded back in 2016 it was, but we didn't start um, officially trading until 2017. So we've been, we've been, we've been trading for just over two years and our, we're very much focused on... Um, or passionate about mindfulness as a as a tool for for well being and uh, and and personal growth and um, and I guess the um, the the idea behind the business is that um, we feel that um, if we can try and integrate more of a, a kind of mindful culture across um, the education. Um, sphere across other parts of society and also into the workplace then we can help um culturally for society to evolve in, in the most positive way and then um, this is something from my own personal experience that um you know has had a very very uh, transformative impact so um really what we want to do is make make this um make the training that we do um, more relevant more accessible and more beneficial to as many people as we can including children um, young people and adults. Yeah, and I guess I love that about you. I can always recognize the people who do this kind of work because it's like personally impacted them in a big way. I can yeah. always tell like from across the room, I'm like, oh, they feel the stuff, right? Yeah, it's not just yeah. like, uh, oh, this is a great business plan. It's like you've, you've been through stuff and you're like, this has saved me or helped me in some way. And like the passion that that comes with uh, is just so different than somebody going, oh, mindfulness is the new trend and we should be present and, and that sort of yeah. thing. There's, yeah, also, there's something really interesting about this mindfulness thing and, and, and I'm just going off on a little tangent because I've just been away. Right. So I went to Switzerland and I went hiking and I went kayaking. Like I was just in nature, which mm. I haven't done, I'm ashamed to say I haven't done in a really, really, really long time, like taking a whole week to just be in the moment and yeah. I was with a friend looking we just kayaked for 10 miles and I was looking over this lake right and I was going huh I listened to all this like 
productivity hacking and effectiveness and all these podcasts and people saying, you know, gratitude lists and all these like things we need to do in order to be in the moment. And I was looking across this lake going, when you're out here, like you don't, it's not even effort to, mm. to just be like, I am so grateful for nature or for yeah. like all these things. It, it just came easy. I mean, do you think we sometimes push too hard to like do the mindfulness? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of people find it quite challenging at first because of the way the mind's been conditioned, and yeah, because of the how identified we are with our thoughts um, and intellectualizing, um, analyzing, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and um, it really prevents people from just allowing themselves to be. Um, and trusting that when we're in that place, when we are just in this being state and very present, that we can still communicate and find the right language that we want to find when we're speaking to people. We can still um, find answers to, to questions that we may have. We can still find all that stuff in the present moment. But a lot of people think that, oh, I have to start thinking about this to get, to get the answer. And um, if I'm in the present moment, I'm not actually achieving anything. I'm not doing anything. Well, yes, the, the, you know, that's partly true that you're actually um, spending, um, you, you know, you're spending time in a, in, in a more being state. Therefore, what you're doing is you're stepping out of a, a, a doing mode, which is something that we've kind of across society have lost the wisdom of doing because we think we have to keep going and doing and doing and doing. And if we aren't doing, yeah, it's habit. If we aren't doing, um, endlessly doing, then uh, we're not achieving. Um, and not only that, not only are we not achieving, we're afraid that we're falling behind. There's yeah. this sort of competitive edge that you think everyone is achieving, 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 right? And yeah. like, I don't like when I stop, I just sometimes think, shit, I'm going backwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, I can relate. It's, it's the challenge of flipping into. So when I spent a week, it probably took me three days to fully mm. like settle in. Unwind. Yeah. yeah. And when you're doing like a five minute or a 10 minute, it's actually hard. But on the fourth day, I went hiking up on the mountain. It was my last day. And my friend was like, let's just sit on the edge of the, the sort of cliff, the hill and meditate. Mm. And we just sat there with the wind and the sky and like the view and closed yeah. our eyes and sat there maybe for 10 minutes. And it was the most invigorating 10 minutes, you know, alongside this whole thing. And yeah. because I'd just gotten, I'd allowed myself to go into the being and I felt the value of it. And I was yeah. out away from my fucking computer. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's it. It's, we, we've, we've become, so disconnected from our internal environment that we're now, you know, so connected in with technology and everything in our exter exterior world that um, we, this is where I think a lot of people are becoming unwell um, because we are kind of constantly searching and acquiring and accumulating and all that kind of stuff. It's all stuff. So material things, um, and we're doing that at the expense of truly getting to know ourselves on the inside, um, and um, that's causing people to be confused, lack of direction, lack of really knowing who they are and what their you know where you know what their really their true purpose is to try and you know wake up every morning and feel that they're really adding value to the world. Um, but I can so relate to what you've said there about 
um, you know, just this this perception that we have that if we're not constantly on the treadmill achieving, that we're slipping back, we're falling behind. But I, I genuinely feel that sometimes um, we get we get moments where we absolutely need to, we become so suffocated by everything that we're doing that we have no space to actually see the things that we should be doing and the things that are going to take us on a direction that, that, that is really going to be the one that really lights us up. Um, and a lot of people deny themselves that because they just have to think they have to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And um, so it's, it, we have to be quite firm with ourselves, I think, and disciplined to say, I have to allow myself this time to be in peace, to be in stillness, to just be okay, to spend even a weekend not thinking about work, not engaging in anything related to it, and just taking myself away and, and doing nothing. Because the wisdom that we get from doing nothing is, is you know, we, we, we can't put a price on that. I'm so glad we're speaking this week. Because yeah. two weeks ago, I would have been like, but, 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 I still mm. gotta, you know, we've got to push it. But in this week, I learned so much. We're talking about wisdom, the wisdom that comes from silence and sitting with. Mm. And I would tell myself, well, some people are good at it. Gary's good at it. But for me, sitting for like longer than three to five minutes just makes me deeply uncomfortable and my brain is busy. So obviously it's not right for me, right? Yeah. Um, but there was something in the walking meditation, in the movement meditation, and that there's different ways of doing mindfulness. Absolutely. It doesn't just have to be like at your desk or your, or your sofa where you're surrounded by the stuff that yeah. can distract you, right? It can yeah. be about going into nature and anyway. Gary, yeah. I'm so happy we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Good timing. Good timing, it sounds. Yeah, you're right. There's so many different ways that we can do it and we can practice it. And, and, and one, of the, one of the really big advantages of it is we talk about trying to have our full energy to be able to do all the things that we want to do. You know, we want to be firing every day. And um, when we're, I, when we're in engaging in thought activity in the mind, we are sending our energy into all those thoughts. Thought is pure energy. So we are feeding that and we're giving it more power to keep you know, coming back day after day after day. Um, and this is again where people get into difficulty with their mental health because they have become so identified with their thoughts. Um, they are sending energy into those every day. They've maybe got some emotional stuff that's going on as well. So they're sending the, the, a lot of their energy into, their, uh, into the uh, emotional stuff that, that's going on, trying to keep all the, all the kind of knowns, the material knowns in their lives at, under control. And that takes a lot of time and energy to do that. You know, the kids, the house, the, you know, the, the job, the relationships we have with people, you know, friends and partners and all that stuff is we've got emotional connections to all of that stuff. And when things are kind of just like, you know, little things are kind of maybe firing up every, you know, every now and again, and maybe there's two, three, four of our spinning plates that are starting to fall over, we are, yeah, we, we, are, we are draining our body of energy. So how we change that through a more mindful approach is we start to become more aware of thoughts, of feelings and uh, what's going on in our environment and we be able to learn how to stay present with that and only go and start identifying with 
thought activity that's the important stuff, the things that are actually really beneficial. Um, and when we're not um, up there using our imagination or whatever it is we might, we might, we might be using, we return to the present moment. And when we're there, we're, not, we're, we're, we're conserving our energy. So, yeah. so the energy is being protected. And we've got our optimal um, supply of energy when we're in that when we're in that space when we're in when we're in the present moment, um, and um, and when we're there, we're not bothered and worried about all the stresses of life and all the problems that we've got in our life and all the kind of demands that we need to service. So it's really important that we dip back into the present moment as often as we possibly can, for that reason because it is the key to our. For me, it's the key to our optimal state of health, wellness, productivity, because we need to slow down to allow ourselves to speed back up. Constantly on the treadmill, going, 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 eventually we'll reach a point where we are fatigued and we're worn out. Um, and that's where, yeah. yeah, fatigued or worn out. I love that you said mental health issues, but also mm-hmm. physical health issues, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So all of this stuff starts creeping in, the, the, the back pain, the, the neck pain, the, mm. the yeah. stress headache, the, you know, all these sorts of things. And then we start going to our doctor, getting medication, which doesn't yeah. necessarily help the situation. Um, no, it doesn't. Scary. I know that we could go into the intricacies of mindfulness for this whole conversation, mm. But I know that you weren't just born this baby who was like, let's be mindful, right? You had to grow into. Very, very true. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. the whole, actually, as a baby, you probably are mindful. Everyone. <laughs> we are. Cool. We it's are. Basic, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just a bundle of love, very mindful when we start. And then we get, uh, you know, <laughs> we, get, we get twisted through, the, uh, through all the shit that life throws at us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's t- get into some of the shit that life threw at you, mm. Gary. Yeah. Um, like, what, what was your childhood like? Give us just a little bit of context. Did you, did you, were your parents mindful? Did you feel like, what was the, the, the environment like for you? My parents um, were wonderful people, um, uh, just trying to navigate their own journey through life, um, but with their own challenges, like many people have. And um, they, you know, my childhood was one where my mom and dad tried to, uh, provide for me, give me everything I needed, um, and uh, things probably changed a little bit when I was about maybe seven years old. And um, my my dad had uh, uh, encountered uh, quite a severe mental health difficulty, and and he had had changing job, a bit more pressure. Um, there was maybe some other things going on in, in his life at the time as well that were a bit unresolved, unprocessed, and maybe were occupying his, 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 his mind space. Um, and obviously I was too young to know what was really going on at that time. But um, the next thing I knew is then, I think, I can't, I can't remember if it was seven or eight, but anyway, we, we, we got, my sister and I were, 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 were taken out of school uh, because there had been some kind of um, incident um, or situation um, that we didn't really, we didn't really know exactly at the time. But my grandma came and picked us up, took us back to the house. I remember it quite vividly, um, and just this gut feeling that something not nice had happened. Um, and yeah, my my dad had my dad had had a um, a, a real. Um, he did a real moment where he'd had enough and he'd, he'd tried to try to check out and he um, 
was found and uh, was taken into hospital and he was yeah he was he was severely unwell um and he spent a long time in psychiatric hospital um where we would go in to visit him um and that was one of the um one of the things that in my adult life i had to really go back and unpick and I had to go back to that traumatic time um, because one minute you've got your father there and everything seems reasonably okay in the house next minute he's gone he's not there we don't know when he's coming back if he's ever going to come back we don't know if um, he was unable to communicate he'd lost the powers of being able to communicate through um, through the severity of, of his, his, his um, episode that he was having and he therefore wasn't able to show any kind of real emotion or love when we were going to see him. So as a child, that feeling from the parent had changed. So I think in my developing child brain, I had made up some kind of idea that um, he didn't love me anymore or he was, um, yeah, he was just a different person. So shock, isn't it? Just that. Yeah. major shock um, for a child and and you know my mum tried to normalize everything as much as she could you know she tried to kept on you know she would take us for 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 for, a, for, for food before we went into the see my dad in the evenings like our dinner we would go and get like a baked potato and stuff and try to make it sort of like a little bit of kind of little 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 bit of kind of you know something to look forward to almost um but um, what we didn't really get the opportunity to do as a family, which we now know as adults wasn't the right thing to do, was we didn't really get the opportunity to express how we felt about what was going on. Um, so, Because my mum just wanted things to be just normal for us. So she was like, oh, everything's fine. You know, your dad will you know, get out at some point and all that kind of stuff. So, um, there was um, and space. She, there yeah. was space to... Almost, uh, it. and I imagine you're almost trying to protect your mother as well in your own childish way. To, yeah. To kind of go, well, you know, something's gone wrong. You said you felt a gut instinct thing, and yeah. you, yeah. Saw, you, you must have sensed tension or s- small changes in your mom as well as she tried very hard mm. to keep things normal. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Does it, did it grow you up quite early in a way? Very much so. Um, very much so. Life became quite serious at that point, um, and I was quite a quite a jovial child, quite a sort of uh, cheeky, sort of humoured kid. Um, um, and I, I changed at that point. And, and exactly what you said, I became things became more serious. I took myself more seriously, I guess, as well. Started to take myself a bit more, a bit too seriously. Um, um, I had become a bit cold. Uh, to emotions because I had, I had, because of, to protect myself from getting hurt, I had, I had, I'd put the body armor up basically. Um, and I didn't really realize this is what was happening at the time because I was too young. But I now know because I've been able to go back and unpick it all and see the trajectory about what that did to me as I moved into my teenage years and then what it did to me when I moved into becoming an adult. Yeah, because when you're uh, saying you looked at this, like how long ago was that? Like this is in your adult life, right? Oh yeah, this took me until I was in my mid to late thirties to start unpicking this uh, because I was getting signs that um, experiences were repeating over and over, and relationships uh, were were kind of you know maybe going to relationships for 
you know, maybe two years, three years, four years sometimes, and then they would get to a point where they couldn't go any further. Why? Why um, do you think that was? Um, I was emotionally unavailable um, at times. I was um, emotionally cold um, at, at some sort of deeper root of my, my being, and it was preventing um, open open dialogue and really a, a, a deep connection with the other person talking in a really sort of deep way that you, I think you, we absolutely need in order to, to, to have a, a very, um, a, a very close and meaningful relationship. We have to get deeper with, with the language that we speak. And I was always just kind of just happy just to keep going without planning, without, you know, I just wanted to have, do fun stuff, go traveling, go holidays, go to festivals, do all these things. And then didn't really want to be, didn't want to commit. Yeah. Because, because at some level I didn't trust myself. Yeah. Um, and I was still, still, you know, still quite ego, you know, still quite, you know, um, in tune with the ego in terms of the, you know, the way I was handling situations. And I was also, my psychology wasn't helpful in terms of how I was interpreting situations and also some self-limiting beliefs that had been established from those younger years about myself. I didn't have a good, um, I didn't have a good self-image, um, despite the fact to a lot of other people I maybe came across as quite a confident guy. Um, and, you know, um, you know, I so there was there was a lot of deeper rooted stuff that needed to be addressed. Yeah, so uh, I'm hearing that you you hadn't learned the emotional language necessary to unpick this. It's almost like mm. you got a bit stunted, and, mm. and the message was we don't talk about this stuff. And mm. then you internalize that your dad might doesn't love you. Like you probably didn't have those words in your head, but yeah. the feeling, right? The feeling was there, I, yeah. I really want to connect for people because I've been experiencing something similar is the, the repeat pattern in relationships mm. where we think we're emotionally intelligent even and we're confident and we have all these sort of things that we can do, right? Yeah. But then it's the being with to connect to the mindfulness, but connected with intimacy, right? Being yeah, that's right. in a relationship means we need to be able to sit with our own stuff mm. and allow someone else to see some of that over time, right? Yeah, that's right. Interested in what you said. You said, uh, did you say I'm, I was scared of myself or I, I was worried of what I would do, like something there? What was that? I, I didn't trust myself. Trust yourself, right. Yeah. So you didn't trust yourself to do what or to, to be what? I didn't trust myself to... Um, I didn't trust myself to, to, to be able to give the other person what I thought that they wanted or needed. Um, um, and therefore, this came back again, full circle to the, the, the lack of self-worth and self-belief um, um, and, and how I valued myself at some level. So it was a subconscious thing. Um, and how that subconscious program, I mean, I, I could, then I could look at um, the pattern coming down through the, through the, the ancestry, through my, through my dad, looking at parts of mum and dad that I had in me, and then reflecting on my grandparents and trying to remember what did I see in them. And I could see patterns just coming down the generation. And I, I kind of, you know, got this real sense 
that obviously I needed to, I needed to change. I needed to take some some action, and it was almost like a it wasn't a wasn't something I kind of planned and said, okay, I'm going to do all this bunch of stuff and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and get some Reiki. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to, you know, going to, going to find mindfulness. It's going to start to transform my life and I'm starting, going to start understanding myself more fully. And, you know, I didn't do like that. I just, I was almost subliminally guided towards all these different things. It was almost like all these little doors were opening. I was meeting people that were saying, oh, you should try this, you should try that. And then the journey was unfolding. Um, and the, the more I explored myself more fully, the more I took what you would regard more as a spiritual path um, of kind of self-connection. And, um, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's been the most... It's been the most important and worthwhile thing that I've ever done. Amazing. And I love that you're saying it wasn't this like, oh, let me sit down and, and map out a plan of how I'm going to transform my life because I'm a bit fed up over here. It's, it's never like that from my experience and the conversations that I have with people. It's you get fed up enough with the pattern repeating shit, I've had another breakup or my kids aren't talking to me or my relationships are falling apart or I've lost a job. Like, shit, this can't keep happening, right? Yeah. Um, and you, some people don't and it's very sad. But for some of us, it's like, well, I have to shift something, but I don't know what to do. So practicing curiosity or openness or desperation, mm -hmm. maybe that they're, they're like, I have to find another way. And it yeah. kind of gives you this like, fuck it thing. Let me just yeah. put myself in this situation that I would have never thought I would have done before. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, we, I think many, many of us have to reach rock bottom or close to it before we actually then start to say, right, I need to do something different here. It's time for me to change. And all these kind of egos that are running through us that we identify with the self and all this kind of, you know, the, this, these feelings that we have about ourselves, the feelings we have and beliefs we have about the world and, you know, how, how it's not fair and, you know, uh, you know, the, the kind of self-pitying and this, yeah, it's somebody else's fault. All this shit's happened to me and the self-sabotaging that goes on through that process. I was a major self-sabotager, um, particularly in relationships. Um, and, and it was through the, through this, the kind of, the, probably the, 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 the most conscious relationship I've ever had and the love of my partner, the, and the wisdom of, of, of my partner who was able to help me to undo all the shit that had been built up over the years. Because I, I made a, I made an unconscious decision to take the harder route to realizing who I am and what I'm here to try and do in this life. I took the harder route because I turned my back on love and um, and kindness and compassion for myself and for other people, and I took the, I took the, I took, I took the harder, tougher, more angrier uh, route. And through my teenage years, um, when the opportunity to let loose came, just to give me some relief, I was all in. And I went full in for the, you know, we, the, the rave scene kicked in in the early 90s and I was all, I was all over it. So I was, yeah, I got pretty, I got, you know, I, I got involved in the nonsense. Yeah. 
Um, and oh, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> the nonsense. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. And uh, and really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But also, it was masking some stuff, and and and, and some and sometimes through 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 over exuberance, uh, over indulging, um, anger would, would would rise to the surface sometimes. Or um, so I'd kind of created some kind of identity, um, probably just through self-protection, that on the outside, to the outside world, I was going to be quite a sort of, have a sort of tougher exterior, um, but I was masking really what the, who the real me was on the inside. Actually, it was quite a, quite a, a caring, considerate, gentle person, a loving person, but all that stuff was buried very deep. You've also got to fit in, right? You're as yeah. a young man and the right. masculinity role models and like tough Absolutely. Enough on top yeah. of all the, the sort of pain that you'd experience that, you know, you, you yeah. almost don't know what else to do. Um, yeah. and you're, it doesn't sound like your dad was able to step in and be that role model when he was ill. And so you're no. just like, I've got to figure it out and, and, and fit in. Um, you, you mentioned rock bottoms and I'm hearing about your wild teenage years. What, what sort of comes to mind when you think of, you know, the points in, in, in your experience that led you to going, I've got to do something. Mm. So this was the this was the depression that kicked in for me, and I had I had left my twenty three year career in, in in corporate, where I was uh, finished up as I was a project and program manager working on some pretty large complex changes within the retail banking sector. Uh, I was a contractor. I was self employed, contracting myself back to the organisations where I used to work as a permanent employee before I uh, quit the job and. 2010 and so I'd made the transition out and said this is what I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to follow my passion um, mindfulness and meditation and the, the consistency I built up with that had really started to change me in very positive ways um, there was still a lot of work to be done but it was changing me in really positive ways and um, I felt ready to throw myself into something new and demanding um, but as I made that transition, I felt a lot of um, heavy thoughts coming through my mind that I was, that I was um, seduced by. And even though I was still doing some practice of mindfulness and I was still managing to, to do that, I found at points it was quite overwhelming, the, 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 the strength of these thoughts that were coming through. And what I've correlated this with is the same difficulty that my father got into when he ended up in hospital and he ended up getting to the point where he'd had enough of his life and I started to have those same thoughts and same feelings at a very similar age that my dad was strikingly similar circumstances just a different flavor um, and it was basically just the the, the universe saying are you going to go the same direction that your dad went in or are you going to find another way? But the difference between his situation and my situation was I had the tools that he didn't have to support me through that journey because everything nowadays is so out there in terms of information. And if you choose to invest in yourself in the right things, you can heal from anything you want you can recover from any any bouts of any um, uh, you know depression or whatever it might be, uh, and you can create a life for yourself where you are 
where where you're in you're in 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 a, in a, in a, in a feeling of of joy more often than you are anything else, and but I could never I couldn't even feel I mean I I'd, I'd lost the ability to feel like when I was no, thinking of, yeah much. yeah I was I'd, I'd become a cold towards my feelings just as a as a male and all the stuff that I've talked about already about my sort of journey I mean I was involved in some aggressive situations in my teenage years and into my early 20s um you know some physical confrontation uh, I was beat up quite badly because uh, at one point uh, just through you know just being just yeah just just well just being an arse basically um and um but I was I was looking for it and I was I was because of that was the vibration I was sending out this this kind of a toughness or this anger that I had going through me that's that's the situations that I was attracting but it's almost um, like self-harming behavior because you isn't it because you're yeah. saying I couldn't feel I'm numb and it, but on the inside I'm like screaming and yeah. it looks when you get beat up you feel something for this mm. little bit of time right mm, yeah you feel alive like you're human in this real kind of warped self-harming way that's that, that, that that's what I'm hearing and it's so yeah painful to mm. hear the mm. the similarity between you and your dad mm, absolutely yeah so many men don't figure out how to change how to change the rule book and do something different absolutely yeah absolutely i mean it was kind of very much uh you know the the this this was a dangerous journey i was on through this lack of feeling and um and and even like i was thinking about in situations of maybe where i was saying I love someone it was coming very much from a from a um you know uh, it was more of a kind of cerebral thing than it was um you know it was it wasn't wasn't it wasn't heart because the heart was was so co covered up and distant um so yeah so so that that kind of the, the, the you know even to the point where I got the, the, one of the worst kind of the times that I did get I got beat up quite badly I was at a nightclub one time and the very next day this is how kind of cold I was to to myself and what had happened I just got up out of my bed the next day after having been in hospital stitches above my head all that my head was swollen all that sort of stuff and I just went I, I played football I still went. I still went. I didn't play that day, but I I, I did play football throughout my, my life as a, as a as a as a young boy right up to the age of about thirty five before I finished up. And um, I still, although I couldn't play because of my injuries, I still just turned up and went to my team's football game the next day. Just turned up. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. I've had a bit of a, a near brush with with possible death, and I'm just going to turn up here and, and and carry on as everything's normal. Um, but that sounds like your mum. Mm. Mm. yeah it's amazing it's amazing how you've made that connection there to to just keeping on going and just keep trying to keep things, things being on. normal yeah just keep going don't don't take time to sit with the feeling of what's happened let's keep going um yeah yeah that's yeah again. oh my god yeah absolutely and, so, and, then, and then as we started this conversation it was about this sitting with and mm. so this learning to be that you sound better at than I am. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah. how the hell do you, what's the little middle bit between like, shit, I'm having some of these thoughts. So you're starting to recognize how dark it is and you have yeah. these choices, right? Yeah, yeah. Being the guy that you are now. 
who's That's got right. mindfulness practice, who teaches this stuff, who lives this stuff. Like, well, how do you get from that bit to that bit? Yeah, so so just um, the, the, the journey, um, first of all, had to get very messy for me in terms of the, the, the depression. I, I had, when I could feel these really strong feelings coming in, um, really a lot of darkness, uh, struggling to get out of my bed in the morning, but trying to create a business. So I had to get up and get on with stuff and I had to push through, just put a brave face on it, but I was feeling like shit inside. Um, um, but I, the, the awareness that had started to emerge for me through the mindfulness practice, I, I, had, I had the awareness of what was going on, but I needed the time to sit with it, to be in it, until I got to the point where I said, that's enough. I've now I've, I've experienced this. I've had enough of it. I understand what's happening chemically within my body when I sit with this feeling and identify with these thoughts. I know what it's doing. I know that it's creating, um, the body's craving that every day, wants to pull me back into those familiar chemicals from, from, the, from the past, from the past thoughts. And so I, I, I eventually had a moment of um, clarity around the dinner table where my son said something to me that was expressing how I was feeling where he was only 11 or 12 at the time, and he said some words to me that I'll never forget. Um, and it, it pretty much was to the effect of he wasn't enjoying his life at that time. And it hit me like, a, like that, and I was like, right. So this pattern is something that's coming down through the generations, and if I don't stop it, then he's going to be the next one that's going to get it. So I had this moment of clarity and I, start, I actually put a fist on the dinner table. I said, okay, this is where it stops. It's me that's going to do the work for this because I've got the tools. I've got, I'm a Taurus. I'm a bit of a stubborn person because of that. And it, for me, it, it, I was given these, these um, characteristics to, to help me to be the one to break the cycle. So I had the, the awareness that came through, you have to do it. And I then committed myself with the support of my incredible partner to day after day, she, you know, to, to check in with myself. How am I? How am I feeling? What do I need to do today that takes me beyond this feeling? And it was about enough is enough with the self-pitying feelings that I was having and and that's no disrespect to anybody out there who has suffered bouts of depression but it is quite a self-pitying thing and and I had decided that I was no longer going to be that person um, no longer identifying with it no longer going to be the guy who is you know who, who's going to go on a, a kind of downward cycle and and create misery for other people around him um, so I just, I just felt I was ready to take responsibility. Um, and, and, and not everybody is ready to do that. You have to just be kind to yourself along that journey. Don't judge yourself and, be self, and, 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 and beat yourself up for feeling the way you do. But know that there is a point in time on that journey that you will become ready to say, that's it, I'm done with it. And that was it for me. And, and, and from that point onwards, I got more consistently into my 
my meditation practice. I started to um, uh, I started to resist less and accept more of what was going on, allow it to be there, and then I then would make a, 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 a very uh, important um, um, changes in my point of attraction in terms of what I was focusing on. So rather than focusing on the kind of isness of what was at the time, I was focusing on the vision of where I was trying to take my life the vision of where I was trying to take the business and the impact that that, that could have. Um, um, and that was the thing that, you know, when I changed that, you know, uh, point of attraction um, and tried to then become grateful for smaller things or all these things that I had in my life. When I reflected and managed to step back out of that kind of, you know, depressed state, it was like, look at all this stuff that you've got. Look at the life you've got. And look at all these other people who have got an actually quite a dreadful life. Um, so right now, you, you change, change the point of focus and the, 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 you know, the, 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 the gratitude um, and uh, appreciating everything that I had, people around about me, uh, and the opportunity that I had to try and create some change in the world with the business idea that I had. Um, that that that's where I had to focus, and to see my son, to to be able to see my son grow, and feel happy and content in himself, was something that I wanted to see, and it's I didn't. Not having emotional, I want to say emotional conversations. I mean emotionally intelligent or space for emotions with your son. Yeah. Like those types of yeah. conversations. Absolutely. Really much more open and warm conversations where we were allowing him to express how he was feeling. We had some amazing discussions around the, around the table where he was able to just open up about stuff and we could see that the change that, that, was, that was in me was mirrored in, in him. So as I was healing from this and growing from this, his, he was he was starting to speak in a different language. He was starting to um, change his point of focus. And it was amazing to see the, the, the change. It was just, it, it was completely in parallel. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what that, I love is, you know, the taking responsibility piece is about leading yeah. by example. Yeah. Some businesses as well, which is what yeah. I talk to people about. When we lead by example, start with you mm. rather than you should use emotional language, look after your well-being, do all these things. But if we're not living, you know, people can see through that, right? Yeah, and absolutely. And one of those people who absolutely lives it. And it's so beautiful to understand. And I, I mean, it's part of my journey as well, which is why I'm a bit like, whoo, I'm also overtired, but I'm like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. Gary. Um, my son's 15 and, you know, um, I have addiction in my history. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of the conversations that I've had to have is like, how do I break the cycle of abuse and addiction and because yeah. it's a similar thing you were using yeah. violence and drugs and whatever but it's running away right it's mm, coming nice. in a different way yeah. uh, and when we see the pain in our children we can either tell them off and be resent them and be like be different make my life easier in order to you know kind of enhance this self-pitying thinking or mm. we can fucking stand up yeah. and take responsibility 
Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully in your story. Absolutely, yeah. And, then, and you know, it's thanks for sharing what you have there, just that insight into your own journey as well, because I, I can feel it from you right now that we've got there's, there's, there's a lot of kind of a lot of common ground here. Um, and, you know, this, this feeling of lack that we have within us, the thing that maybe takes us towards some kind of addictive things that we do, um, um, and, you know, you know, what is that? You know, just trying to explore that more fully. What is this kind of childhood trauma or this perceived lack that we have that's, that's keeping us in this cycle? Um, and then when we change and shift from lack to more abundant thinking, um, um, then that's what we can attract more of. And, um, you know, when we focus on lack, we attract lack. We focus on abundance, we attract abundance. And, but also yeah. it's subtle. So, so we're kind of making it out that everything's sorted now and we know everything, right? Um, and I just want to highlight that this no. stuff, like sometimes we figure it out and it helps our relationship with our kids and then it, it has a curveball and it comes out in a different relationship. Or I've just recently started dating someone and I'm like, damn, I thought I figured this out. But like yeah. the intimacy thing when it's so genuine and connected is scary. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, everybody leaves, everybody leaves. You keep yourself safe. You keep yourself safe. Yeah. Nobody else will. Like that, like I've got this loop in my head. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is being able to I- express it and go, oh, my body is saying this to me right now, even though I'm really enjoying your company and I really want to do this, but it's like something stops me. Yeah. So, so being able to sit with and work with that is so profound. And, and so I just want to highlight that the, the journey continues. Right. Absolutely continues. There's no, you know, they're not, not sitting here. The work is done. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing piece. And um, that when you overcome and, and really, you know, learn a big lesson and you move beyond it, there's another one coming around the corner because, you know, it's, it's all trying to take us to our, our highest. Um, it, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, to take us to our, to our highest growth, isn't it? So um, it's all for our highest growth and, and everything. This is where people get into difficulty, I think, because they resist the experiences that they're having in life. It causes struggle and the struggle takes people under the water sometimes um, rather than seeing everything that we're experiencing as an opportunity to grow and something to learn from. We have to see it as that. Yeah, so it's how we frame it is different mm. and that makes the journey kind of exciting like yeah. i'm like oh look at this i can handle this next thing absolutely and look at the richness if i can just sit with it that's around the corner as far as intimacy closeness and the things that i can learn right mm-hmm. and so yeah. because the frame is different and it's not like the world is attacking me and everyone's against me and oh you know woe yeah. be me absolutely like, that's the difference but that the is the difference, comes, right? Yeah, the stuff still comes, and I think for me, the the key thing that that I've learned in relationships is that there's a lot of people out there that really want a, a really loving and, and connected relationship, um, and and in order for us to get that, I think we have to work on ourselves first to make sure that what we're attracting by way of a relationship is coming from we're we're in the right vibration for it basically so if we are trying to if we are trying to find a relationship so that we can get the love from another that we don't feel in ourselves then that maybe isn't going to go very well and if we do the work inside to become more stable and balanced emotionally uh, and how we feel about ourselves self-worth etc then we're going into 
an environment where what we attract is maybe going to be somebody who might be more of a like for like partner, where somebody maybe is also looking for the same things we're looking for. So we have to change ourselves in order to in order to attract the things that we really want. Um, and if we, it, yeah, if, if we feel that things are keeping happening on a cycle, but we're not actually doing any work to evolve and grow ourselves as we come out of one difficult experience, we're just going to potentially get another difficult one that comes on the back of it. So, and not to be harsh, but it's your fault. Like, yeah, absolutely. The same cycle, and it keeps yeah. being like there's something going on with you. Yeah, stop and take notice. Yeah. Go to therapy, go to Reiki, like go to some, some outside yeah. source that can help shift your mindset, your energy, your vibration, as you put it, yeah. to test different things. Like even if the first one doesn't work, it's a step, right? It's yeah. to test these different things in order to put yourself out there. Um, Gary, we're almost at our time, but oh my yeah. God, we could talk. We could talk I, think, I, I think we could. I think we may need to get another call organized. <laughs> maybe, <part> two. <laughs> do. maybe not even a Zoom just yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. Maybe, maybe it is a Zoom. Let's yeah. hang out. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, have to hang we out. Will. Um, we will. What are your top three? Because I know there's probably loads of different ones, but let's say what are your top one to three kind of habits that you try and like almost you're, they're your non-negotiables that you try and incorporate them in order to sustain that, like how you're framing things and how you look after yourself. Top three. Yeah. Top three. Mindfulness, as we know, is an absolute, um, it's an absolute um, non-negotiable for me because the awareness that comes on the back of our deepening of our practice is the thing that, that, that facilitates our, our, our personal growth and our self-growth to get ourselves to this place where we can become more fulfilled in life. Um, and the and, and obviously living life in the present moment is where the, where the joy is um, and then more people need to consider turning to that. So that's one. Um, exercise for me is essential and if possible, exercising in nature. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm quite drawn to mountains and a snowboard. Um, although I don't get the chance to do it all year round, it's something that makes me brings joy into my life so that again exercise is a, is a real fundamental for me moving my body and getting the feel-good um, uh, feelings after I've done it um, um, and the other one um, I would say is um, oh, the third one there's a few here jockeying for position but I would say I would say giving giving to other people um, and trying to um, share your skills and talents with other people in a way that allows them to be inspired. I think that for me is a, is, is a, is, is a really important one and, and because I would feel a bit of a gap in my life if I didn't feel that I was able to um, support others in, in some kind of a way to help them to, to thrive. And it's not a it's not an ego mission for me. It's actually a very humble mission for me that I have gone on my own journey and I feel like I want to be able to be the best I can be so that I can be of service to other people. Um, I don't want anything. Gary Young doesn't want anything out of this as, a kind of, as, a, as an individual. Uh, I, I don't want attention, but I want the work that I'm doing to get attention. 
Um, so I know that I'm the face of the business, and therefore I have to be in the in the you know in the public eye when I'm when I'm I'm, I'm being my business. Um, but it's very much um, about helping to show people a path that they can uh, they, they they can find their own joy in. So um, that that to me is is very meaningful. I love those. They're very kind of connected within the the five ways to to well being, right? That, mm. that giving back. Um, before, uh, well, before I ask my last question, where can people find you? Where can they find the Mindful Enterprise and Gary Young? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn as Gary Young. Um, I, I, I try and stay reasonably active on there. They can find me um, through the, the Mindful Enterprise. Um, we've got a website, uh, Um The website needs a bit of work, but um, probably we're more active on our Facebook page. Uh, and Instagram. So again, if they look up the Mindful Enterprise, they will find us uh, in Facebook, and um, there'll be there'll be um, our email address will be on the on the sites and stuff like that, so that people can connect with us if they want to. Perfect. We'll add all of that into the show notes so people can find you easily. Um, finally, do you think that we needed? Uh, is that the right word? That we needed our rock bottoms and our, you know, all the shit that's gone on in our lives in order to make us into the, the people that we are today that can give back and have healthy relationships and give to our children. Like, did we need that or could we have figured it out without it? Yeah, I think we, we I think we need to make a shitload of mistakes to to <laughs> to, to, to get to get to the point where we can we can rise from that and um, really become the, the 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 greatest expression of ourselves on a, on a on a deeper level, you know. So not the not the perceived person that we think we are, the kind of role identities we give ourselves. It's the it's the it's the inner us, you know. When we start to connect more deeply with that, that's when we can uh, become self-realized. I think um, so. Um, that's the journey, in in, in my opinion, and um, I'm uh, I'm committed to. It. I love that so much. We've got to chip away, right? And, and that's the, 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 the life process that allows us to build our full potential and connect yeah. deeply with others. Gary, I was worried at the beginning of this podcast because I'm exhausted and I just got back from a festival. But you did do the work and it made me do the work and it was amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.